She took a job in Philly. She was fired because she refused to betray her faith. Hi, I'm Stuart Shepard, and this is First Liberty Live. Thank you for liking and sharing our videos. You're an important part of this project, and we appreciate the fact that you like to share it around and let other people hear the things that we talk about. Leah Patterson is senior counsel with us here at First Liberty Institute. She also heads up our group that watches over the public arena. Hi, Leah. Hi, Stuart. Let's talk about this case. The story begins in 2021 with a law student who took a job with the DA's office. Fill in the picture for us. That's right. So Rachel uh, accepted a job with the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office, you know, looking forward to being a trial prosecutor. So she, you know, goes through the the process, starts her job in September of 2021, and at that point gets the vaccine mandate from the from her employer. Because we're in the middle of COVID still at that right, point. It's, exactly. it's hot on everyone's mind. Right. Now, Rachel is uh, Orthodox Jewish, and as a result, she cannot take any vaccines at all. So the policy included a religious accommodation process, and she submitted a request. And that went on for months, is months. my understanding. Uh, what happened in the meantime? She was working just like you know, anyone else would work. I believe she was, the requirement was that people who were waiting to see if their accommodations were, were granted had to wear a mask. She was doing that. Double mask. Double mask, you're right. Yeah. And just everything went on um, normally until you know about December. So in December, they asked for some more documentation, and she provided it and heard nothing for a couple of more months. And then? And then she was called into a meeting where she was told her religious accommodation was being denied. And then there was no opportunity for her to discuss that with them further, and it resulted in her getting fired a few weeks later. One question people always wonder is, were any accommodations granted? Did anybody get one for anything? Yes, actually. Uh, a medical exemption was granted to one of the other attorneys in the office. And also, the, the office included a number of unionized employees, and their accommodation process was much more lenient. So if you're in a union, you have a good shot of getting a religious accommodation, but not if you're not unionized. My understanding is, for those that were not in the union, no one got a religious accommodation. It was just a flat denial across the board. That's correct. And that's not right. I mean, let's talk about what the law says. We're not offering, and I always like to point this out, we're not offering medical advice. We're not suggesting one way or the other, because that's not what we're expert at on, on what you do with vaccines. You're smart, you can figure it out. What our organization is expert at, and Lee in particular, is what the law says about faith in the workplace and what our rights are. Help us understand what Rachel's rights are under the law. Sure. So this is a bit of a unique case in terms of, of the workplace because it's a government employer. And under a government employer is subject to the constitutional requirements of the First Amendment. And what that means is under current case law, the government can make a blanket rule that if it happens to burden someone's faith, they don't necessarily have to make an exception for it. But if that rule is not a blanket rule and it treats different, it treats people differently so that, you know, the religious people can't get their accommodations, but people can receive similar accommodations for different reasons, non-religious reasons, then the government has the obligation to treat the religious people the same way it treats everyone else. And that is the legal right that the Constitution provides presently. It also is just common sense. It seems like that's fairness at, at play there, correct? That's what the Constitution is trying to do. Exactly. And in this situation, 
you're looking at an office of about 600 employees and they're all working together all all like you don't walk in and say that person's union this person's not union everyone's working together and so you know when you're talking about the spread of covid what reason someone has for not being vaccinated doesn't really change the impact that you know that the, that it has on the spread of the the disease so if certain precautions and certain accommodations work for one group of people. They work for every other, including religious. Not that many weeks ago, I was chatting with Leah, and she was as focused as I've ever seen her, <laughs> and, and very intense, because you were preparing to make an argument at the U.S. Third Circuit Court of Appeals on behalf of Rachel. Tell us how that day went. Uh, it was an interesting day. So, you know, the oral argument process in an appellate court is you have a panel of about three judges, and it's our, my job as the advocate to have a conversation with those judges because you know they've only read the briefs. They don't know the client. They haven't delved into the law as deeply as the advocates have the opportunity to do. So yeah. we're having a conversation about what the law is and how it is applied and what the impact of this case will be. Yeah. And what did you try to convince them? What, what were your arguments, the, your key things you wanted to get across? Well, first and foremost, of course, the way the free exercise clause operates, that different groups of people have to be treated the same way if, you know, they're impacting the government's interest in the same way. So the overall point is that you cannot punish religious minorities in a way that you do not punish everyone else. Yeah. What happens next? So next, we're waiting for a decision from the court that could come really at any point in time. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And at that point, that will determine where the case goes. All right. Anything else you'd like to share before I let you go? I appreciate your input. Oh, just uh, I certainly encourage everyone that you know, it's important to stand up for the rights that you have. And that's why we're here. Yeah. Tell me a bit about your heart. You could be working a lot of different places. You're a very talented attorney. Well, Why do you, you work here doing this? Well, I know that God called me to make a difference with my career. And I, you know, at the end of the day, I want to make a difference to protect the spread of the gospel. And I know we represent a lot of clients with many different religious beliefs, because at the end of the day, if religious liberty is protected, that means it's religious liberty for everyone. And winning a case for Rachel or for another client with whom I do not share religious beliefs is going to protect the gospel and my beliefs as well. Outstanding. Lee, I'm glad you're on our side. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Great chatting with you. If you want to see religious freedom defended expertly all across America, if that's something that's important to you, would you consider supporting our work here at First Liberty Institute? Just look for the big red give button up at the top of the homepage. First Liberty is fighting for what matters most.